So I was a youth pastor for 26 years here, and I always look for ways that would encourage young people in this mission to, uh, to be a light, to actually first receive Christ and then help other people do it. And one way I thought that would do it, that would be really good, and I, you're, so we're, we don't ever really grow up, we're all part of this mission thing. And so I just, I wanna, I wanna take you back to my world a little bit and see if any of you uh, pick up on what this theme song might be of getting you in, getting you in the mood for the mission. Go ahead, run that real quick. Oh, yeah. Now, see, if I started reading scripture to this, if I were to say, Matthew 28, 18, 20, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven on earth have been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Thank you, God. <laughs> so, so, so really, <laughs> so I would always try to bring something in and say, hey, we would actually start youth off that way that, hey, let's go ahead and get in the mission mindset because I'm a firm believer, either you're a missionary or you're a mission field. <laughs> I'll let y'all figure that one out later. But uh, either, you're, either you've been reached or you're here to reach other people for the Lord. And so this commission that Jesus gave, these are the last words that he was saying while he was physically on this planet to say, this is what I need for you to do. And also is it found in Luke 24, 44 and 49. It goes on to say, he said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he, check this out, he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. Church, when we're praying and when we're going, we're going and sharing Prayer is one of the number one things, if not the number one thing we need to do before we go because 1 Corinthians also says this. 1 Corinthians says that the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers. In other words, it's a cloud that's over their mind and it's, a lot has to do with their own living, their circumstances, everything. And all they see is what's right here in front of them. And what we need to pray is that, that like Jesus, he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. We need the Holy Spirit to help us do that. He goes on to say, he told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are my witnesses of these things. I am going to send you, I love this, what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. I love that because Luke goes on. So he wrote a gospel, Dr. Luke, but he also wrote what we call the book of Acts or another people call it the Acts of the Holy Spirit. It's also the beginning of the church. 
And so in Acts 4, he picks up on this. This is the same. So he, he said this. Luke recorded this in his gospel, the good news. And then he goes on in the book of Acts and he picks up, we're going to pick up on Acts 1 verse 4. And he says this, on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him. And I love this. This is where humanity meets the scripture. Humanity meets the divine. And he says this, then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? So he's talking about you're gonna receive power and they thought, yeah, he's gonna get us power to overcome them nasty Romans that have been ruling over us. They're gonna get theirs now. That's what their mentality was. And then what happens? Jesus goes on to say, he said to them, what are you thinking? No, he didn't say that. He said, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And what's this power gonna do? How's this power gonna operate? What's it gonna do for us? What's it gonna do in us? And you will be my witnesses, my messengers, if you will. We're at starting in Jerusalem, what Luke recorded in, in his gospel in, verse, in chapter 24. He goes on, and in all Judea and Samaria and even unto Chile, you know, and even to the uttermost ends of the earth. And so here we are, a body of believers here in this auditorium and those watching online, and we've been called, we've been given a message and if we're not careful, many of us are like, well, Mark, what's the message? What is the message we've been given? We need to know the message. <laughs> Let me help you with that because we've been doing the first week, we looked at the message of forgiveness. That first and foremost, as Luke recorded, the first message is this is the gospel. This is what the good news is. You and I, every human being is born in sin and deserves hell. Like we've done stuff, we've experienced stuff, and every one of us, because of our own actions, because it says in Isaiah, all of, we, all of us, like sheep, have gone astray. Does anybody relate to that going astray part? <laughs> Some of us have gone astray a lot farther than others. But we've all gone astray. But what the good news is, is Jesus died so that we get life. The good news is we've been forgiven because of what Jesus has done. And when you think about, wow, Jesus, you would do that for me. And so our first, our first message is to be able to go and share the good news that, hey, guess what? All your sins have been forgiven. Every one of them. Completely clean, completely cleansed. Every one of them gone. I know to some of y'all, you're like, well, y'all don't sin much, so it's okay. It's like, well, I ain't that bad, so it's all right. But for some of us like me, we go, Jesus, help us. We need to thank you for your great mercy. Thank you for your great grace that we, we never forget 
We don't go tell people how bad they are. So that's what people think the gospel is. Well, let's, let me tell you, you're just this rotten sinner. And, you're, and, you, and I mean, it's just, I'm like, okay, I don't know if you're like me, but I had people that broke that out on me at different times. And I'm like, yeah, tell me something I don't know. <laughs> like I had somebody one time, true story, like back when I was doing my thing, like I'm, I'm sitting here smoking a joint, just being honest with y'all. And I had somebody come and tell me and they said, hey, you, don't, you need to know Jesus in order to know peace. <laughs> and I said, what? They were trying to use a close later. And when I came into Christ, I understood they were talking about like no God, N-O, no peace. And then it's K-N-O-W, no God, no peace. And I thought, here, you want to try this? This will give you peace, man. I'm just telling you. You want some peace? You smoke this and you will feel peace. <laughs> now, granted, just to be honest, it's a false, fake, temporary peace that will keep you stranded, keep you strung out, keep you there. But I understand, but that's what they were trying to sell me was, hey, you need, and my thought is, hey, I need, I know I messed up. I know I mixed up. How do I get out of this? How do I, how do I make it through this? And that's where we say, hey, look, everything you've ever done, everything, every sin you've forgiven completely already. And when they understand that, hey, everything I like everything. Like you can be completely free and clear this morning, right now, leaving out of here perfectly forgiven, perfectly cleansed, perfectly walking in grace and mercy that you or I don't deserve. That Jesus brought it. For our first one is always we tell about how good God is. That's what uh, 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says it this. He says, for God made Christ who never sinned to what? to be the offering for our sin. So why? So that we could be made right with God through Christ. That's a powerful message. It's not what I've done, it's what he's done. So our first message is forgiveness. And that's what connects us. That's how we, we get to know God in a way that is empowering. Not in a way that we're, oh goodness, I still don't know if I'm gonna get it. I don't know what's right, I don't know if I'm doing this well. The second week, last week, we looked at this thing about freedom. And freedom is one of these things that uh, it's a continual thing. But Jesus not only came to forgive us of our sins, but he also purchased our freedom. So we're no longer slaves. We're now friends with God. So it's no longer me trying to get to him. It's me receiving and, and walking from that place. Matter of fact, Galatians 5.1, we said this last week. It is for what? For freedom, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. That's why he wants us to experience what it's like to get past our past. <laughs> like when we come to Christ, we're like, oh, thank you, I'm forgiven. But then we've got these things that come up in the back and I shared some very, very graphic detail, not as graphic, but if you were in my freedom small group with the other men, you'd probably be like, oh, that's mild. Because <laughs> that's what we do in freedom. We talk about our past. We actually get that out so we can get past it. But I shared that for one reason only. Not to say how bad or old, feel sorry. It's to say Jesus is that good and there's no length and no depth he won't go to for you to experience what it's like to be free from guilt, free from shame, free from those harmful uh, addictions, free from things that keep on drawing us back. And so that's what, that's what freedom is about. That we, we, and he goes on to say, stand firm then 
and do not let yourselves be burdened again with the yoke of, sa- of slavery. You know, I, I think this is what happens sometimes is that many people believe that they're so flawed that God can never use them. And I wanna tell you, you're in a perfect place if that's you, for God to use you mightily. Because it's not about me having it all together. It's not about me. When I get it all together, then I can be used. And I'm telling you this morning, in the midst of everything that you're going through, if we'll simply, Jesus, you provide this for me, I receive it, I'm gonna walk in it, and today I get this opportunity to help other people go on this journey. So it's never about perfection, it's always about pursuit. It's always about pursuit. Because I'm gonna go ahead and tell you, let me let you a little secret, shh, don't tell anybody. We still mess up. As believers, I, as a pastor, I'd like to say, no, yeah, we still mess up. And this is why the world many times don't want anything to do with the church is because they use this big H word on us. And they're right a lot of times. They call us hypocrites. And you know what a hypocrite is? So I don't let them use that on me because I'm like, yeah, I know I'm mixed up too. I know I messed up, but hey, ain't God good? Ain't Jesus this that good? Because when we pretend that we're something, we're not, a hypocrite is based in the whole thing of acting. It's an actor. It's someone pretending to be something they're not. And I'm just thankful that, hey, here, we make mistakes, but God's grace, we don't do it intentionally. We're continually working. This is where this freedom gets worked out. It works, it, it, it works out itself best in a group and with other people. When I was sharing last week, I was, there were some incredible people God put in my life that helped me walk through some very deep, dark places. And thankfully they're still there. Many of them are still there and they still help and they still walk and say, hey, just a continual encouragement as we walk this life. And so as we, as we experience his forgiveness, as we experience his freedom, he wants us to share that message with other people. We don't, I'm telling you, when we get this in our heart, in our spirit, I'm telling you, people want to know that they can be forgiven and they can be free from the issues and the things in their life that are holding them back. And so today, we're taking, a net, we're taking another step. We're going a little deeper in this. And this is that God gives good gifts to men. God gives good gifts to men. Matter of fact, James 1.17 says, says it's best. The, the brother of Jesus, he said this, every good And perfect gift is from above. Where's it coming from? Coming down from the father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. In other words, what it says is, like when you blow it, when you mess up, God's like, okay, we'll forget it. I'm I'm taking the gift back. (laughs) Nope, you messed up. You, there, there, there's no thing. Matter of fact, Romans eleven twenty nine 29 says, and we don't have it put it up there, but it says the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. In other words, what that means is every one of you, me, everyone listening, everyone watching online, you've been given gifts by the father himself that's come down to that you get to enjoy, that he wants you to use to, 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 to help other people. And so in, uh, 
Matter of fact, in Acts 1, uh, 4 and 5, I'm going to go over those two verses just for a second. We just read them, but I want you to see this part of the gift and what that first gift looks like. It says, on one occasion again, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift. Father has a gift. He said, I want you to get this gift. Don't run past it. How many have ever been given a gift, but you were too busy to open it or you just ran past it, you got it, and you just kept right on going? There's many times if you're not careful, you, you, you'll do that. Like I've done that in the mail. Like I, I opened the other day, y'all, so I get, I get kind of slack sometimes and I'm opening this letter from State Farm and I automatically know it's a bill. Who wants to open that? And so I'm just like, yeah, I'll just leave that sit over there. <laughs> I opened it, and guess what? It was a check <laughs> from April. <laughs> I'm like, I should have opened that April. I'm like, what? I got this. It was a refund. I guess I paid them too much money. I don't know. But anyhow, I didn't count a refund. I just counted as a blessing. Anyhow, sometimes we run past it, and we don't even realize that we have this gift. He goes on to say, wait for the gift my father promised which you've heard me speak about for God, for John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized, submersed with the Holy Spirit. This breath, this, this life that's gonna be breathed and infused into us that we operate from, not towards. Matter of fact, Jesus was talking about this uh, at the Last Supper, like before these last words that Luke recorded Luke was at the same supper that John was. And so when you look at the synoptic gospels and you were to take and break them all, this is part of that whole conversation that Jesus was having with his disciples at the last supper. And so at the last supper, Jesus uh, in John 14, he says this, all this I have spoken while I'm while still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. In other words, how many of you like me are grateful that God gave us a Holy Spirit that you don't have to rely on your own memory? Oh, Jesus, thank you, Lord. Like he brings things to our remembrance. He continually does that. Of course, we do want to get the word in us so he has something to work with, but, but he brings those to us. And then in John 16, in this same conversation, at this same meal he's having with his disciples, he says this, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. And so I'm thankful that this word that we call gift, um, in Romans 1.11, I love what Paul, Paul was talking to the church at Rome, who, by the way, was a bunch of young believers who were living in a world and a system that was so contrary to the gospel and so contrary to what Jesus did and how he did it that he had to say, he, he told them, I long to visit you so I can bring you some spiritual gift that will help you grow strong in the Lord. Like something that will stir on the inside that will reflect on the outside. And so when we look at this word gift, I want you to see what it really means in the Greek. In the Greek, it simply means, and you're going to be amazed by this, it's called charisma. Charisma. That's what the word gift means. 
Matter of fact, it's a word, that, and we always think of charisma as somebody that's charismatic. And I just want to inform you right now, shh, you're in a charismatic church. I'm just going to go ahead and say, <laughs> but let me go ahead and tell you this too. I personally believe every church is a charismatic church because every church believes in the gifts. Every church believes. Now, there are some that struggle with, with the certain gifts, and we'll look at those in just a moment, but the main thing I want us to get this morning is that God loves to give us gifts. And, and the first gift that he gives us, the very first one, is, and, and by the way, let me back up, gift, so when we look at charisma, this is what it is defined as, a supernatural divine enablement. In other words, God gives me the ability to do something that is not a natural proclivity towards me. Like I don't just naturally, some of you are gifted in many different ways, naturally. Like for me, I always had a good hand-eye coordination. I had little legs that would carry me very fast. And so I was very gifted at sports and I always made all-stars until eighth grade is where it all kind of went south and I had a kidney taken out. And then my doctor said, you're not allowed to play contact sports anymore. And I went, huh? What? what? <laughs> I can't play basketball? What? No, you can't play... Well, can I play soccer? No, you can't play soccer. Can I at least play baseball? No, you can't play baseball. Oh. Oh, okay. I'll run cross country. <laughs> That's fun. Let's just run for miles. Not chasing anybody. Let's just run and run and run. <laughs> I didn't have that gift, can I tell you? I used it, I did, I liked it, but it wasn't the same. And so that was my natural, like hand-eye coordination, coordination, balance. That was a natural, that wasn't a quote, a gift, I don't think. It's a natural proclivity we have. When we're talking about gifts of the Holy Spirit, it's this supernatural enablement that gives me the ability to do something in my own nature I would not be able to do. And we're going to look at some of those in just a minute. But I, I just want you to, to grasp this, that you've been given this gift. And the first one that he gives us is this thing called eternal life. And I pray every one of you have received it. And if you haven't, this would be a great day to understand that God wants you forever and ever and ever and ever and ever, and he's not looking for a reason to kick you out. He's not looking for a reason. Many people, I can't tell you, those who struggle with this one thing of knowing God is for you and he's not against you. He loves you that much. Matter of fact, I love what Ephesians 1, 13 and 14 says it this way. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise and glory of his name. In other words, it's, he's here. He ain't going anywhere. Now, granted, your flesh and your mind might try to take over and tell you differently, but the Spirit of God 
is there and he gives us as a guarantee the Holy Spirit to do that. The other part is, and this is where the, the second gifts come, is this is where we have the spirit that's given to us, not the gift of eternity is for when I, like, like what I call is going above the sun. So, so when, we, when, when, when this life ends, like when you take your last breath, when it's all said and done, you, you get to say, hey, I'm going above the sun. I'm headed there and it's not because of anything I've done. It's because of everything Jesus has done and I'm gonna go celebrate him. I've been doing it here, but I get to go celebrate him there and the Holy Spirit's given this deposit on the inside that I get to do this. But then below the sun, they're like, woo, praise God. Like some people, I hear people all the time saying, rapture, Lord, let's go. Can you go ahead and pull us out right now? Could you go ahead and get us on out? Anybody ever been in a tough place? Like, Lord, you can go ahead and take me. Now, I don't mind if you, you, you can go ahead. But the only problem is, is there's other people that will not make it if you leave now. Because God wants to use you. He wants to use me. He wants to use us to, do, for, to use these gifts in order to do that. Matter of fact, so, what, so he gives us the Holy Spirit, yes, as a guarantee for eternity, but he gives us the Holy Spirit also to empower us to live below the sun for the stuff we deal with day to day. And so 1 Corinthians 12, one says it this way. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. Ignorant, like I don't want you, that's right, the Bible used ignorant, but it literally was saying, I don't want you to be deceived. I don't want you to be misled. I don't, that, that, he wants you. Paul is writing to the church of Corinth. I want you to get this. And he goes on in verse seven, a little bit later, he says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us. Why? So we can help each other. Not all of us have the same gift. And I love what uh, one pastor, uh, he kind of narrowed this whole thing down and, and kind of, he put it in terms, I could not, my own way, I looked at it. But he says, this is uh, Pastor Chris Hodges of Church of the Highlands. He said, a spiritual gift is a special supernatural ability that God gives to each believer so that together we can advance his purposes in the world. Not mine, not yours, but his. And so in this, there's just three things real quickly I want us to get that I want everybody in this, in this church body and those watching online the first thing I want you to do and I need you to do, I need you and I need me, I need to discover the gift God has for me. Everybody say that with me. I need to discover the gifts God has for me. That's what I need to do. Somebody looks at your neighbor and say, you're gifted. <laughs> now look at your neighbor and say, this is gonna seem a little, this is where it gets a little cringy. Say, I'm gifted. <laughs> Because some of y'all like, and, and don't look at them like, yes, you are. No, we ain't like that, okay? <laughs> See, it's easy to say you're gifted, but when you say, I'm, I'm, I'm gifted? Well, yeah, we can believe God will use others, but, but me? Yes, you, everyone. And so I want you to discover, I need, I need to do this. I need you to do it. We do this together. Matter of fact, 1 Corinthians 14, 1 says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire 
spiritual gifts, especially prophecy. In other words, ask yourself a question. Has the demonstration of the gifts of the Holy Spirit because of what you've seen or what you've heard or what's been on YouTube, because there have been some fleshly things that have played out. And so many people, let's be honest, they think somehow when you think of the Holy Spirit, it's gonna make you weird, it's gonna make you do, he's gonna make you do, he's gonna make you. And it's like, no, he's gonna empower you. He's gonna give you the ability. Matter of fact, many people have stopped desiring. He said, I want you to eagerly desire, not just desire, but I, Lord, I want those. Why? For me? No. So I can be used by you and to help other people. Matter of fact, 2 Timothy 1.6 says it this way. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame yes. the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. In other words, you got to, there is an action we take and what we do to flat, fan into flame, how we do that, man, I take this word every morning and I get it and I'm fanning into flame. Jesus, Jesus, you're good. Yes, I believe it. There's, we can put on a worship and we say, oh yeah, it draws me to heaven and, uh, and all my stuff that's going on, it, it brings me above that. And I'm like, yeah, I can fan this into flame. Also, I can get with other people, other believers like we're doing this morning and we fan this into flame. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, we get to do this together. And so, so we, gotta we gotta first discover these gifts. The second thing is we develop these gifts. And that's what I was talking about, how we develop them. Oh, you know what, y'all? I already blew it this morning, just a second. I'm like, I'm going through my notes and I'm so, <laughs> I forgot the discovery process because I'm, I'm wanting to get onto the develop. I mean, let me back up just, y'all. Let me back up for this, this, this discovery. So the discovery, I love what Romans 12, 6 says talking to the church at Rome. There again, this church that had many, lived completely different than what it says in scripture. It says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift, and it goes on, if your gift is prophesying, it, it lists a number of them. But it says, we, not I, we have different gifts according to the grace given to us. You know what's fun about this? When you study it down a little bit and you, 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 you bore down a little and you lean in, this word grace, you know what it means? You know what the word for grace is? Charis. So if you look at this, this supernatural ability and we look at the gift, charisma, it's part of it. So we have the supernatural ability that God gives us and he gives us the strength and the ability to do these things. So when we talk about discovering, what we're doing is we're going on this journey of saying, God, how did, what have you put in here? I wanna use that which you've given me so I can affect other people. And um, so when we look at developing, that's what we're talking about. We've got a, we got a desire. And then we've got to, to fan those things into flame. And then the third one is simply this. So we discover them. We, we develop them, and how we develop them, we develop them with other people. We develop them like anything else, like a muscle when you use it. You actually, it, it, it helps you. 
You continually use them, whatever it is, whether your gift of mercy, whether it's the gift of administration, whether it's the gift of tongues, interpretation, whether it's the gift of faith, whether it's the gift of, of uh, a word of wisdom or word of knowledge. There's, there's over 26 gifts that I've studied in the New Testament alone that I think everyone has access to. And I don't believe you're just given one. I believe you can operate in many of them. Jesus did that. And so once we discover them and then we develop them, the third thing is, and that's what we're here this morning to do, is we need and I need to deploy the gifts God's given me. Like we got to use it. We got to use it. And this is where people get like, whoa, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I'm able to. They, they get so, we get so self-centered or self-focused that we forget the Holy Spirit will empower us and give us the ability to do it. And so I want us this morning to think about this. This is what 1 Peter 4, Peter the apostle, who is known in scripture as being the one that'll jump out there and try anything, even walking on water. Like, you want me to do what? If that's you, I'll come. He jumps out there and goes. 1 Peter 4.10 says this, God has given gifts to each of you from his great variety of spiritual gifts. You're not limited. Use them well to serve one another. When we, when we start realizing, we discover these gifts, we develop these gifts, and then we deploy them, what happens is not only is the body strengthened, the church itself, but then we have an impact on the people outside. So we can never get so narrow-minded that all we think about is who's in the room. We have to always be mindful of those who aren't in the room, who need to be in the room, that God wants to use us to touch and make a difference in their lives. That's, that's what, and we'll look at that some more next week. But here's, here's, what, I, here's what I love when we think about deploying, discovering. So y'all, true story, this happened to me about 25 years ago. I was a youth pastor. I always keep my little thing right here. I was, uh, there was a young man here. His dad worked at Fletzy, uh, battling horrendously for his life. I mean, literally, he had ideation, fixation on, on taking his own life. He was, in, he was uh, 15 years old, and all he could think about was dying. He just wanted to end. It's like, I don't see a future. I don't want to do this anymore. I, I want to go ahead and check out. And so I met with him all the time. We, and great kid, just incredible. But he just had gotten fixed that way. And so I, I just kept working with him. Well, his dad got, uh, he got deployed to go somewhere else. And he came up to me when they were leaving and he said, hey, Pastor Mark, I want to give you this. Give me a watch. And on it, it says Rolex. <laughs> it says Rolex. And I went, oh, that's so sweet. That's so cute. He went to New York and bought a $25 knockoff Rolex. <laughs> and he wanted to get, man, that is so sweet, Ryan. I love you, man. And I literally took it as, okay, thanks. He gave me a gift. Wow, great gift. Thank you. So cool. Um, I held on to this gift. <laughs> but not the way you would think about. I didn't really develop, I didn't really cherish, I didn't eagerly desire to use it. I, I literally, I stuck it in my glove box. It, it went through about two or three cars because I just stuck it in a glove box for my $25 Rolex. Oh, if I need something, oh, it's still working. That's a miracle, it still worked. Y'all, I, I, 
I can't even tell you the conditions it sat in because my glove box get full. Of, y'all's probably doesn't get full of stuff. Mine gets full of stuff. And so I'd sell the car. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, I got to take this out too. Let me go change. Let me stick it in the neck glove box. And so a few years ago, a friend of mine, somebody had donated some jewelry to the church. And we went down to a place here called Ned Cash and talked to Mr. Ned himself. And so we're, we're giving all this jewelry out. And y'all, I said, I, I had this in this sock just like this. And I said, Mr. Cash. And I really felt embarrassed because like, mm. hey, Mr. Cash. Um, I, I was giving this gift a few years back, probably about, you know, 20 years ago. Um, what do you think when you look at it? What, what do you think about it? Just, would you look at this? So Mr. Cash looks at it and he's got his little thing and he looks at mm, 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 it's nice. And I'm like, like nice for like a $25 watch? <laughs> he goes, I said, is it real? He goes, oh yes, this is real. I said, it's real? He said, it's real. I said, like, like how real? Like how much is this thing worth? And he said, well, looking at it, it's an older submariner. And he goes, probably about five to $7,000. And I went, oh. It's like, Jesus, Jesus. It's like, oh no. So uh, I took it, I took it and stuck it back in my sock. <laughs> like, Let me take this home, stick it in my pocket. It did not go back in the dashboard. Just so, I mean, in the glove compartment. It never, it's never seen a glove compartment since then. It was in my drawer in the sock so nobody would find it. Anyhow, now y'all know what it is at. But anyhow, <laughs> those listening online, just come on. So what I, what I did is I asked them, hey, would you take a link out for me? Because whoever it was, uh, it was too big. So I had them take a link out so I could put it on. And this is, this is one of these things where I just look at it and say, I had a gift the whole time, but because I didn't think it was good or I didn't think it was real and I thought, oh, hey, this is not the real thing, I didn't use it. And I, I believe with all my heart, there are many people that think their gift's not good enough, that somehow they've been given a counterfeit and that you're afraid to use the gift God's given you And I want us this morning to allow the Holy Spirit to actually re-up or re-engage us to where we would begin to seek as never before the gifts God has for each one of us so that we can use them and we can develop them. We can discover and develop and deploy them because there are some people that will never come to Christ unless you use your gift. And I know some people say, no, pastor, you're the one. No, I'm one of the gifts. So in Ephesians chapter four, he's given five, what I like to call ministry gifts. And it's the the apostle, the prophet, the teacher, the pastor, and the evangelist. But it's for the training of the saints. It's for all of us to be engaged. It's like, no, pastor, we pay you to use your gift to do this. (laughs) It's like, no, you don't. We, we encourage people to say, hey, you have a gift and God wants to use you. Think about it. 
If I just used, if you took one person and tried to reach the other line, if you looked at some bowling pins and you looked at the head pin and it had a red pin right there and the other nine, if you use one person and his gifts to try to reach those nine people, he might, if you do my bowling, you might get five or six maybe. (laughs) But if you look at it the other way and you see that red pin as that lost son, that lost daughter, that cousin, that niece, that nephew, that person, that best friend, that coworker, that neighbor that doesn't know Jesus and you have nine people that are praying. You've got nine people that are engaged with the Holy Spirit. You've got nine people that are saying, here I am, God, use me. Lord, however you see fit, God. If you took those nine people and saw that one what would that look like as far as reaching people instead of the one trying to reach nine? I'm telling you, that is what God wants to do with every one of us. And this morning, I want us to allow the Holy Spirit to re-engage us for the purpose of, put me in coach. We got football season coming up, y'all. Come on. did that on purpose (laughs) I'll be kind (laughs) this is where hey we're not supposed to be in the stands just watching we're being coached so put me in coach Lord use me and this is where we go on this journey together where there's so many things that God wants to do in and through this body of believers but they'll never get done until we all get engaged and say, Lord, use me, put me in, use my gift. And we'll be glad to help you. We have a, our, our growth track that helps that. We do have a spiritual gift assessment. We have our thing that would best, best help you do that. And so I want you to stand up with me at this time. I wanna pray for you. But I want us to worship for just a moment and I want us to think in these terms. Do you have a gift sitting in a sock somewhere? (laughs) That you just put it on the back burner, you just stuck it, it's been in your glove compartment. You just been sitting there and you're like, ah, it ain't that good. I'm telling you, it's the real deal. And God wants to use that to impact other people's lives. So I want us to worship this morning as we do. Would you just yield yourself to say, God, stir in me the gifts. We're gonna, this is gonna take a moment to fan into flames as we worship.